On today's episode, we talk about parents in sports and my opinion on how they might just need to relax, as well as some of the coaches. Remember, people, they're six and seven. As always, to support this podcast, please subscribe, comment, rate it. It's on all the platforms. Obviously, if you're listening to it, you understand it. Share it with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever. Uh, I'm going to try and do it more often. I gave a, a two months off because of life, but um, I'm back. I have some topics I want to talk about. I'm going to have some more consistency. Follow my platforms, Two Cents Worth Podcast on Instagram. That's where you can find a lot of my chronicles of what's going on in my life, in my running, in my lifting and fitness. Because remember, this is about sports, life, sports, fitness, and life, and how they all come together, and my opinions and my guests' opinions on those. So again, any support is much appreciated. Share it with whoever you want that might appreciate my uh, opinion. Subscribe, like, comment, rate it, all of those great things. Two cents worth podcast. Thank you, and on to the show. Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I'm your host, Ryan Faber. It's been a couple uh, months, but um, that's because uh, life has gotten in the way. So we uh, we just went through a full Little League season, the first season that um, we've been a part of in the Little League era with our oldest, Nolan. Um, he was doing t-ball before and now we signed him up for little league and that's going to be the topic today the topic is going to be relax parents they're six and seven so over the last couple months if you've been following uh on my instagram two cents worth podcast you've been seeing that the uh the uh braves that my son plays on that's the name of the team that he was on um He was uh, in machine pitch, uh, so you've been you've been following along with that, seeing that they <clears throat> were regular season champions, and then they went to the championship game, uh, and unfortunately lost. Didn't make the didn't win the championship, but won the regular season championship. So that was kind of cool for him. First year playing the little league, and walked away with the two trophies actually because they got the trophy for winning the championship, and then a trophy for sorry regular season championship, and then a second place trophy for. Um, coming in second in the league overall through the playoffs and everything, which um, was kind of cool, but also um, a little um, more than I was expecting. So obviously, if you know anything about me, I played baseball my whole life, played a lot of sports my whole life, but played baseball and then uh, even played it through college. Uh, I was lucky enough to to go to the University of uh, or Wingate University and, and play college baseball. Um and so, you know, the hope was that my boys would want to play baseball, and thankfully both of them do, and Nolan did a really good job and played a, played really well, and I was a little concerned about how well he was going to do with it being machine pitch and, you know, how, <laughs> from what I saw right away, 
was how competitive it was. And, um, you know, that was a little concerning that, you know, he, he at this point in time is six years old, that on how competitive even six and seven-year-old baseball is. And he got in there, played well, played well all season, um, learned a lot. Coaching The coaching that we had for our team was really good, um, taught them more than just the fundamentals and really started teaching them about situational awareness in the game and how to handle certain situations in the game and everything. And I thought that was really great. Uh, a little unexpected, but um, overall really good. But the point of the podcast today is what I observed throughout the season. And some of it is a little discouraging in the fact that, you know, I was expecting to go out and see six and seven year olds go out there and learn coaches being encouraging parents being encouraging and for the most part and I don't want to highlight to make it seem like it was all bad for the most part it was the unfortunate part is that there is that other side of it and, and people have see it you you see it on the news you see it in um, everyday life of this of this over-competitiveness from parents. And I don't know, and, and I'm going to touch on a few things, I don't know if it's this new way that we have as parents of this over-protection of our children and that, you know, we, you, know you, you hear the term the helicopter parents or now this other term that I've heard is the lawnmower parents where a lawnmower parent is somebody that just mows over any type of adversity your, your kid might face to basically provide a, a smooth path for them for their entire life, which sets them up ultimately for failure as they, once you are no longer there to mow everything out of their way, that they don't know how to deal with any type of adversity or, or actual problems that are going on in their lives. Um, and then obviously the helicopter parents, the parents that everyone knows over their kid, overprotective of their kid, don't let their kid get out of their sight, all this stuff, right? The, the, just the term the helicopter parent, most people understand what we're talking about when we, when we harp on that. But to go back to Little League and, and what we saw was this competitiveness. And, you know, I got asked multiple times as parents, we, we had never played in this league before, so, so no parent knew who I was. There was a parent on the on a, one of the opposing teams that I played softball with for years, um, great guy, and kind of held the same type of attitude I do towards um, this league, and um, and the league is great. It's not the league. Don't, don't get me wrong about the league, but about the competitiveness and everything is that it was a little unexpected, right? So his son's played in it a couple of years, and he was a little un he, he didn't expect it at first, but did appreciate the amount of coaching. So to counter the amount of competitiveness that goes along with it, the coaching is very good. The coaching was great. It was higher level than I expected, and that was something that was really awesome. But I got asked so many times, you played college baseball. Why aren't you out there coaching my son? Why aren't you doing – why aren't you the coach? Why aren't you helping your son? And my response was, and and this is this holds true for me. And maybe one day I will coach Nolan and Harrison, or or one or both, or maybe I won't ever coach them. You know, that's that's my decision, and and my decision so far has been 
that I want my kid, I know my kid will listen to me. You know, he does it at home. Both of them do it at home. They know that I played baseball. Harrison obviously doesn't truly understand that, but Nolan now at the age of six, almost seven, understands how long I played baseball my entire life. And we played in the backyard and I help him, I coach him. He understands that, and he's asked me to coach and everything, and I think now he understands, though, that I also want him. He listens to me, and and he learns from me. I want him to learn from others, right? I want – I've made the the decision that I'm not going to coach him because I want him to learn from other coaches because what – what you see sometimes is when you do coach your kid for so long that eventually that kid might stop listening to you. And then all of a sudden inside of a team, that might create other kids not listening to you because if they see that the son of the coach isn't listening to them, well then why do I need to listen to coach? Because no one's not listening to coach. So, and that's his dad. I don't want to listen to him. You know, let's just keep on going and doing what we want to do, which can happen. You see it sometimes. And especially at, six and seven it's hard to keep everyone's attention right so that that just comes with the territory i mean these kids have uh limited um attention spans which is totally acceptable and understandable so but i've made the effort that i and or decision that hey i don't i don't want to coach nolan at this stage in his uh, baseball career i want him to learn from others because i want him to also learn how to listen and respect authority and other adults because what i also see is that some of these kids don't respect these other adults and and that's a little concerning too um and there's going to be some things that i'm going to say in this podcast that are going to probably upset some of you people that are listening and you might think i'm a fool or i'm an asshole for saying these things and you know what that's totally acceptable because again this is just my two cents worth so you might have your own opinion and i appreciate your opinion but this is my opinion on the matter that might have to do with the fact that that's how you're raising your kid. If you're not raising your kid to ex- to respect other adults, then that falls on you. Now, back to the competitiveness. The other thing I wanted to do and what I saw and what made sense, and I talked to one of the coaches after one of the games because he knew that I played college baseball, and he did as well, and we were talking, and he said, you know, I know you played and everything, and your son's doing great and, and learning so much, and that's great. And I said, you know, the reason, one reason why I'm not coaching at this point in time is I want him to learn and create his own competitive nature and not feed off of what might be my competitiveness. And I am a competitive person. I'm not overly competitive, um, which I, I I'm – I guess I'm proud of at the same time of, you know, there are probably times when I did play that I wish I maybe was more a little competitive than I was. Um, but that's okay. You know, that's, that's something that is just my personality. I am obviously a very competitive person, but sometimes that competitiveness doesn't always come out, but I wanted Nolan to learn his own competitiveness. I wanted him to create it and to, feel it in the game and he did throughout the season he understood more and he's understanding more about sports and asked me so many more questions about it that it's great you know he's wanting to know where people are in the standings because they kept standings for this league obviously we make the playoffs you have to have standings you have to know which team is playing who um you know he wanted to know hey what was the other team what's the other team's record that we're playing and and if we score here we win and we go to you know 
eight and three and you know all this stuff kind of started coming along and you're seeing him on the field and he's cheering his teammates on he's getting competitive and he's getting pumped up when they make good plays or they get hits or runs or whatever and it was very encouraging to see a kid that prior to the season wanted to play baseball he went into it didn't know any of these kids and at the end of it had made some really good friends as well as learned the game and has now a, a bit of competitiveness and some juice flowing through him that you know makes him want to continue to compete and that's what I think is important not only in sports but also in life right so the other thing that came out of it is he learned how to appreciate winning as well as understand losing and that is going to be huge for him in life and as well as the fact that after every game, we talked about, hey, why did they lose? What happened? You know, all of these things that come along with it. And it wasn't me going, well, you, you lost because this other team did this. And you guys didn't do this well. And you guys are terrible. You know, it wasn't this hammering of me. And at the same time, I also wasn't like, well, it's a, it's it's so sad that you lost. And no, you're a winner. And I also didn't pump that into his head because you also see parents do that. And Listen, that's not real life. In, in life, there are winners and losers, and that goes in every single day. So all of this is happening in the season, and it's great, obviously, to see your kid expand in a sport that, one, you love, and two, that you're just seeing him overall kind of really grow up. And you saw a lot of the kids grow up, and they got better, and they understood, and the other teams were getting better, and that was great, too. And there was a lot of good, and there is a lot of good, and, and we're gonna—he's gonna play again in the spring, and he's gonna play in the same league, and Harrison's gonna play in the same league in the fall because it is a great league, and I think they do a great job of really putting together a good product for the kid, and the coaches are great, and overall, I'm gonna tell you, 85% out of 100, it was awesome. It's at 15% that it's a little concerning. And it's the part that I am going to talk about on today's show. So that 15% is that over-competitiveness. Not from the kid, but from some of the coaches and the parents. And shockingly, the majority of the parents that are are the issue are the moms. And I don't know, and, and, I, and I talked about it earlier... And I don't know if it's because of this overprotectiveness. You have to protect your kid. You can't let them deal with adversity. You have to always tell, you know, they always have to understand that they're the best. And, and if they do face adversity, then, oh, my gosh, you know, that's, uh, you know, I need to figure out a way to to smash that into the ground and, and not let that happen. And And is it that protectiveness of the mom, the helicopter parent? And I'm not calling anybody out because I don't. I don't know. I'm just watching them because at the same time, my dad was doing the same thing in the games with uh, with Nolan. I mean, he's getting upset about another kid on the team making a bad play. Like, again, they're six and seven. Relax. Like, they, they're learning the game, and not everyone is going to be on the same level of talent today. But in three years, they might be flipped. The kid that might have been one of the – Least talented kids at nine years old as he continues to work and wants to keep playing all of a sudden or 10 years old is all of a sudden the best player on the team. I've, I've seen it. I've seen kids growing up. You see kids that 
you look at them and they go, okay, they're a decent player. They're, they're there and you know, they contributing. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a, a, a switch that flipped or you go home for the summer and you come back and you play in the fall and you're like, wow, this kid's all of a sudden the best player on the team. What the hell happened? They mature into it. Right. And some kids take longer than others. And then other kids plateau faster than others as well, right? Where you might have a kid that's at 12 years old, the best player on the team, and then come our junior year of high school has kind of plateaued out and you and others on the team have surpassed them and they're get, you're getting a college scholarship and they're just going to college. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, that's just the path that every kid goes on, right? So, you know, the unfortunate thing is that the competitiveness is at this age and I, I got... I get, I don't, I cheer for my kid. I cheer for every single kid on the team. I don't yell at any other parents. I don't yell at any other coaches. If you know me in situations like that, I basically just shut down. Um, what I don't like is when it continues and you're, you've moved on from the situation and then somebody has to bring the situation back up or a parent or a coach is just being way too over aggressive. That's usually when, my buttons and my blood is finally boiled and, and I try not to get in any type of situation, obviously. And I never, I never would in front of my kid, but it, it is sometimes a little embarrassing to, to see parents act as outrageous as they do. And, and I saw it a few times this year and I was, I was embarrassed for them. I was embarrassed for the whole situation and I felt bad for the kids because at the end of all of it, what I noticed is that the kids aren't absorbing what's actually happening. Thank goodness. But on the surface, they're not absorbing it, and they might not think they're absorbing it. And I asked Nolan, hey, did you notice that this coach said this and this? No, no, I didn't notice. They're just so in tuned in the game and what's going on. They're not watching the two coaches arguing or the coach arguing with the umpire or the coach arguing with the fans. Saw that coach coming and arguing with the fans, and again, it's the moms that are in the face of these other coaches because how dare the other coach be more competitive than what they are? But yet they're as at much fault as they are as the coach. And I saw it, and and it's always it always boiled down to what was happening around the rules of the game. Every coach was given a rule book. Did every coach read the rule book? Probably not. And every time that there was a situation in the game that a rule didn't that, that they the rule was broken. It was usually the moms were screaming at the other coach about how, no, it's not fair. They broke the rules and the coaches yelling back at them about, or our coach about how they didn't get the rules or they didn't read the rules. or But we have an umpire in the game. The umpire is the person that should be driving the rules. And if not, there's a commissioner of the league. And at the end of the game, there is an opportunity for the commissioner and that coach to have a conversation and figure out what actually needs to be done after the game? Should the game should it, should it have been forfeited? Should that run should have counted? All of that stuff can come into play, but what you see instead is a bunch of adults arguing with each other about how their kid was unjustly handed something, or you're a rule breaker and you're a terrible person, and therefore I'm going to yell at you through a chain link fence that you are a bad person and you're cheating my son. And it was embarrassing. Um, and there were more than a handful of instances where I, myself, because I became cordial with a lot of these parents, and, and I and I appreciate these parents, and I appreciate the fact that they are that passionate about 
their kid. And I I do appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. What I don't appreciate, though, is when you take it to this next level and it's embarrassing to the kid, whether they know it or not, they're, they are seeing their mom or dad yelling, or grandparent, I mentioned my dad, yelling about a game that they're just out there enjoying. Yes, they're understanding that they are trying to win and lose, but at the same time, they are learning how to properly win and lose and how to face a loss and how to handle a win. And yet, they're seeing parents that can't even do that. And that's what's concerning to me. These kids are six and seven. And there were multiple times where I had to speak up to the stands and say, you know, let the umpires handle that or let the two coaches have a conversation. We're not a coach. What we say is not going to change what just happened in the game. Or, no, they didn't cheat. That is the rule. They made the effort. They did this, whatever it might have been. Relax. Relax, Mom. Relax, Dad. It's just a game. And, you know, again, I bring it back. I asked Nolan a few times, hey, did you notice, Coach, or, you know, somebody's mom say something? No, no. And thankfully they didn't, but that's just one kid. There's 10 kids out there on my team. There's 10 kids on the other team. I'm sure they're noticing. I'm sure they're picking it up. They're picking up. It's like a... I'm not going to compare a dog to a kid, but like a dog, when you walk into a room, they say the dog can understand your energy and feel your energy. A kid can do the same thing, right? They can, they're, it's that situational awareness. They're watching things, right? And they're out on a field. Their vision is back towards the stands and the coaches and the parents and everything. And eventually you can see and you, you're, you'll notice it, especially if it gets loud enough. And that that is one thing that is a little concerning to me about you know, one, being a parent and then being a parent that the kids are in sports is that have we really gotten to this level that it's that competitive? And here's here's the thing that I'm going to say, too, on me growing up. And and maybe it's the same for the kids. Maybe, maybe they don't absorb it until a certain age, right? I was talking to Lindsay, my wife, and I said, you know, I never really un- I never really saw that type of um, competitiveness or aggression or parents getting upset until I was maybe 11, 10, 11 to where you could hear the people in the stands. And before that, it was all just kind of fun. Like you're out there, you're just so caught up in the game, playing the game, trying to be your best, trying to do the best, trying to get your team to win, cheer your team on all of that stuff, building your own competitiveness that you don't really notice what's going on in the stands. And maybe that was going on as a kid. I honestly cannot say, but now that I'm witnessing it as a parent, I am a little concerned and I'm, I'm a little upset about it because you should be out there letting your kid figure it out on their own. You as a person figured it out on your own, right? You know, my dad coached me as I, as I was a kid and he's very competitive and, and obviously still is as he was, he gets upset about six and seven year old games that I have to have conversations with him about. Uh, but that's between me and him. But at the same time, you know, I never saw, I never got my competitiveness from him. Obviously, considering we're total opposites when it comes to competitiveness now, um, as he's still, you know, ah, you know, again, you have to protect everything. Yeah, this is, you're being unjustly 
done here and that's not fair to you. And no, it's not that it's just life. You know, that's how I view it. And for him, he views, Oh, it's not fair to you or that whatever it's, you know, they're doing it on purpose or whatever. No, it's not. That's life. I look at everything in a situation as, you know, fair or unfair. That's life. That's just the cards you were dealt. And you just, you need to learn how to handle that. And by the way, I, I, the way I handle it is just not getting overly annoyed by it or, you know, facing one thing or the other and go, Oh, well, you know, it's because, because everybody's against me. No, that's not true. Come on, dude. Life is hard and you only get one life. So do your best to enjoy it. But what's concerning to me is the fact that I'm witnessing it now at six and seven years old. And I told the coach, uh, before one of the games, when I go back to that conversation where he was like, yeah, I know you played college baseball and he did too. And I said, you know, you know, one thing that does concern me is one, how competitive these coaches are now. And he has an older son that plays in the league. Um, I want to say probably like the 10 or 11 year old league, a couple of levels above. And I said, you know, it, it is a little concerning to me on how competitive these guys are at six and seven. I said, you know, what is it, what's it going to look like next? Because if it continues on this path, I just worry. I just worry about what my son is going to look at and see. And, and, and I'm going to worry about also the parents and me being in the mix of the parents and, and just knowing myself of eventually my blood boils and I'm going to say something or I'm just going <laughs> to I just basically look at a parent of on, on my own team and just basically tell them to shut the fuck up because they they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, and and I don't and I don't want to ever do that. And I don't I hope it never does come to that. But you see these things on TV. You see these parents getting in fights at, at games and it's spilling over. And then, you know, it's it's like. When when is it when are we going to realize as adults that one they're kids let them enjoy the game how is that enjoyable to them that you're trying to basically create this advantage for them at all times and two you know how are they going to learn how will they learn Help me understand that. How how will they learn when you just put a roadblock in front of everything that might come their way that is going to basically teach them how life really is? Three, how embarrassing is it? You know, a lot of the parents don't even see it as embarrassing. I was embarrassed for them on how they're reacting to a game for a little plastic trophy. Little, I, uh, I could take a picture of it. A little plastic trophy. Not four inches tall. I told him multiple times. I said, "You want you want one of those so badly? I'll tell you where they went and got them. You can go just go to the store and buy it. Go to the store that they bought the trophy. The little stickers on the bottom of the trophy. We already got one. We know where it's from. I can tell you where it's go. Go back home. You want this championship trophy so badly? You go look on the bottom of that trophy. There's a little sticker on the bottom of it. it tells you which company made. You go to that company. Go get one yourself. They'll make you one." You can be a champion all you want for that little plastic trophy. The little plastic trophy. And the last thing is, is that it's it's us as parents living vicariously through their kid. You know, maybe maybe you didn't make it as far as they did. And, and this now goes beyond the six and seven-year-olds, right? Like when you're in high school and you get to go to college and you play college ball, well, you as a parent only made it through high school, so now you're living vicariously through your kid. Or you never made the high school team and your kid did, so now you're living vicariously through them. It's like 
when are you going to let them play the game that they love to play? I'm not saying don't be competitive. I'm not saying don't cheer them on. Do it properly. Do it as an adult. Help them become better, stronger people beyond sports. Sport is so great. It's so great for kids. It teaches them adversity. It teaches them how to win. It teaches them the emotions of winning. It teaches them the emotions of losing and how to lose properly and how to rise from that and how to build from that as a person. It creates so much personality and molds them. I truly believe this molds them so much because of what I've gone through in sports, I, I can definitely see that. And I can, I, I definitely am a proponent of that, that the sport creates wonderful people because of the things that it teaches you. But when you as a parent are trying to stop those things and create roadblocks for your kid, you're hurting them more than you're helping them. You in the situation, in the moment, think you're helping them. And in reality, this is my opinion, in reality, in the long term, you're hurting them. And they're never learning. Let them learn. Let them learn from the coaches they have. Let them learn how to deal with authority and how to listen, how to deal with adversity, how to build their own competitiveness, cheer them on, help them, teach them, but don't be a fucking asshole. I saw it all year. I was a little annoyed by it, and by a little, I was more than annoyed by it. It's a shame, and unfortunately, you know, I, I still see it with my dad, and it is because he cares, and, and I do understand that, and I heard that, well, you know, you should be happy because they care so much. I get that but when you were making it not fun and the kid today might not see that but eventually be like i don't want to be here anymore because my parent is one embarrassing me or just too much there's there's a kid on the team told his mom multiple times turn around stop i don't want to hear you anymore you can't cheer for me anymore because of i mean this again a six-year-old witnessing it feeling it just finally just turning in the middle of the game telling his mom to stop they see it people they see it they understand it we talk about how smart our kids are and how great our kids are you don't think that during that game they don't see it they're not absorbing it they are be the adult be the parent that they need you to be protect them when they need to be protected but don't overprotect them. They have to learn. And at six and seven years old, shocked on how competitive and how outrageous some of the parents were and some of the coaches were, because the coaches were outrageous too. You know, yelling at other parents, that's unacceptable. Yelling at other coaches, unacceptable. Six and seven years old, and you're out there showing your ass. You shouldn't be a coach. You shouldn't be a coach. I'm sorry. And if I'm the commissioner of that league, I have to look at that and go, hey, I appreciate what you did for the season, but I don't really need you to be around for next season unless you figure out how to not be a fucking dick. So that's my two cents on that. Parents, relax. It's going to be okay. 
They're six and seven. Thank you, everybody.